everybody. Thanks for joining us on Code Chat. I'm Code Foster, and joining me today is Tommy Patterson. How are you today, Tommy? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Absolutely. We are in Atlanta, Georgia. Usually, I'm coming to you from Seattle, Washington, my home, but I'm visiting the southeast of the United States today in Atlanta, Georgia, and I want to talk to Tommy about what's going on from a technology perspective, and specifically with Microsoft and our efforts down here in Atlanta. Can you give us a high-level view? Sure can. So it's a really exciting time right now for Microsoft in general, but from an innovation standpoint, what we've been doing in Atlanta is quite different. Um, so if you take the traditional focus of what Microsoft normally does, uh, we have our corporate facilities and buildings where you can have you know, customer engagements and such. And they worked out pretty well for us over the years, but the thing that we're really missing is just an open area for innovation where we can offer different devices and solutions and IoT gear and 3D printing and just let people with new ideas, students, startups, enterprises that want to come down and collaborate, work on new things without having the, uh, the stigma of going into, say, a corporate setting. Okay. So. That's what we're doing now. So what do we call that? That's the Microsoft Innovation Center at Flatiron City, which is now uh, on 84 Peachtree Street. Okay, right here in the heart. Right this in the heart. Is, I think this is the heart. It feels like the heart of Atlanta, right? It is, it is. We have GSU is directly behind us. Georgia Tech is up a little bit north of us. Uh, the Ferris wheel I can see out the window behind you. And uh, you know the Georgia Dome and the aquarium are all a few blocks away. So. Okay, so our affectionate name for this is the MIC. Uh, how did people do this when before there was a MIC? What, what, what fills this gap? The only thing that we did before, or people did, was they would get together in meetups at different locations. Um, somebody would bring some devices and hopefully, you know, accomplish something. But it was kind of pieces and parts and, and uh, haphazardly put together. Now what we can do is we can say, all right, when you come in, we're gonna have somebody here on Wednesdays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Wednesdays, whenever, um, throughout the week, and you could come in and say, hey, I want to check out, you know, IoT um, boards, wiring, whatever, and then also, hey, how do I hook that up to Azure? How do I, how do I hook that up to the cloud? So we'll have people around that can help you with that. In fact, we have, right now, we have a, a workshop going on downstairs for Azure developers. Mm. So lots of activity. The way that we did it in the past was just, you know, we would do meetups and workshops and that would be one or two hours where we interacted with folks and then after that, unless they were really going after it themselves, they probably stopped working on it. So it seems like the space is an invaluable part of it. I mean, I know oftentimes I'm going to coffee shops or bookstores or wherever somebody will give me a seat. I can buy something like a latte and it'll, that'll buy me some hours on the free Wi-Fi, right? We all call it free Wi-Fi, but it really costs a coffee. Right. But uh, that's the space I'm trying to get. But then if you go to, go to somewhere like the MEC, you've got the space and we've also got some resources, some right. people resources. So you've got the likes of Ian or Kristen or somebody that can kind of sit down and, and talk some people through some solutions. That's correct. But then also, like you said, some hardware resources. Right, and there's over 300 Microsoft uh, employees in Atlanta. So um, depending on what you're looking for, for instance, at, at the end of the month, we'll have the Office 365 group from the partner perspective. They're going to come in and do training sessions on how to best work with Office 365 in a team environment, um, which is a lot of what we're doing in the building. I mean, so Flatiron City is uh, the building itself. The initiative behind it was to start bringing together enterprises, startup, student, together, working together, collaborating on different solutions. 
you don't find that anywhere else. Mm -hmm. You know, you find a lot of startup incubators in Atlanta. There's several. Um, there's a lot of maker spaces at colleges. But then again, you're talking just students. Yeah. So in this particular setting, you, you're bringing in all walks of life. I met with um, you know, people in the healthcare industry yesterday, and they want to know how to get to Azure. Well, we can help them with that. And maybe we can hook them up with some startups who might be a little more agile. Yeah knock out some things. Yeah, it kind of seems like these days we've got a lot of uh, capability in, in, in computer science, but sometimes it ends up being harder because we have more choices to make. You know, before, when I was a kid, we didn't have cloud development, so we didn't have these paradigms to even think about. We didn't have to, you know, create this difference between what's running in a data center versus what's running on-premise. Correct. And uh, so some of these decisions are, are quite difficult, and it is really nice just to be able to sit down with somebody that can help you get your head wrapped around. It truly is, and then you talk about, you know, not just having cloud as an option, but all the different found, uh, frameworks, all the different protocols, right. all the different, uh, uh, languages that you can take, you yeah. know, take action with, and then you've got your open source community, which traditionally Microsoft didn't pay attention to for years. And you know, the last two years, ever since Satya kind of took over, you're seeing a much more heavier focus on what's the right solution for the customer, regardless of whether it's a Microsoft technology or not. Yeah, offered in our cloud with you know high performance, resiliency, worldwide presence content distribution everywhere. This ends up being kind of difficult for the people that are a classic Microsoft developer because one of the nice things about the Microsoft stack is we've tended to have a lot of unification, kind of a lot of uh, you know, cohesiveness and there weren't always as many decisions to make. But now, you know, the, the Microsoft stack is an awesome and powerful stack, but it's working alongside some other options. Mm -hmm. And so now there are more choices and I've, I've felt a lot of uh, frustration in the community from that, that kind of that new task where a developer needs to not only know how to implement the solution yep. using whatever framework he's on, but he needs to make these decisions about what framework to use and when. Right. I've got two slides that uh, we can throw up here in a second that, you know, one shows the Microsoft suite on how you would normally have went across something, yeah. and then the other slide shows how you would do it with open source. Oh, wow. And then yeah. we should have a third slide that says, here's how you do it with both in a hybrid <laughs> yeah. situation. Yeah. Um, and you know, operations management suite being able to automate tasks in other clouds, AWS, yeah. VMware, anything PowerShell, we can pretty much tag into and say, you know, um, let's say we get a production website running and we're we're working through issues. We hear some um, you know slowness or we see some errors. Well, now we have the ability to automate remediation on the fly, to, and as long as we have PowerShell to integrate with or some other you know. Um, uh, shell language for, for Linux, uh, we can integrate with that, remediate it on the fly, and we get way better, more intuitive um, guidelines or best practices out of the tool set, which is something that for startups and students, they couldn't really afford to do before mm -hmm. because you would have a full system center suite or mm -hmm. you'd have you know a CA unit center or any of those type of products just to do that deep market um, monitoring. And then the remediation was something completely separate mm -hmm. and keeping those systems updated, very difficult to do. Now it's all built into one cloud platform. And as we look at these new startups and students working together to build out you know, innovative solutions, 
they don't have to think through all of those pieces anymore. They can just say, you know what, we're just going to turn on these bells and whistles. That'll make sure we have our monitoring cover. That'll make sure we have, you know, it's an open source uh, solution that we're building. We can definitely handle all those things. It really is kind of an ideal space for Microsoft, and it's a space I feel like we've, in a way, always been in, where you have high-scale, high-power enterprise solutions, then you also have um, your, your average Joe that needs to come up to speed on, on using these and implement them, and sometimes for, like you're saying, a student or a startup solution. And somewhere in the middle, Microsoft takes the solutions that are out there and tries to um, bring them together in, in, in a way that's consumable and yet still just as powerful and scalable. And so, you know, you've got your audience like your students in startups that just need to get started quick, get, they need to get started quickly, but they need to do so using something that's going to last them when they're no longer a student or no longer just a startup right. anymore. Right, right. And a lot of them don't think that far ahead. Right. So having a, a presence uh, where corporations and enterprises are, you know, frequently around them yeah. is a good influence for them to say, you know what, yeah, we did build this where we could scale out to say a couple hundred users, but what if this really takes off? Yeah. You know, what if we get with one of the major distribution um, uh, vendors in Atlanta and they really love this product, they need to scale for millions. Yeah. And the HR policies and all of the different pieces that go along with scaling a business up that high. Yeah. No, startups and students don't really have a, I mean, unless they've been in the business for a while, they don't know how to do those things. So, um, you know, it's not just a technology perspective, it's a business perspective that you have to think through, and there really was no place to do that. You know, most products don't have a good V1, because they start out with a lot of proof of concept, and a lot of scrappy code, and a lot of turnover. They're still just wondering if this business idea is even gonna fly, if it's Correct. even gonna work. Yep. And then it does work, the few that do, that it does work, and and now, like you said, the the pressure um, to to scale it goes beyond you know two hundred users or a thousand or two thousand users, and a lot of people end up kind of uh, with a big divide between V1 and V2 and a big engineering effort. And I say, what if you could go to market with V1, and then when you get big, all the money that you would have otherwise spent doing what's popular and getting a big engineering effort to get V2 scalable, what if all of that money was put into marketing? And, or put into marketing and R&D. Yep. You know, you could really enable your business to get off the ground if, if you were able to operate that way. We call that born in the cloud, right? Right, exactly. And, and you think about, um, you know, just from a, the strategy of how do I roll this out to different companies, um, the amount of sales that was, in, that was you know, involved in traditional startups, like traditional small business, the amount of people that were having to come in um, word of mouth, all those things. Now you have a cloud platform that not only gives you that scalability, but also uh, is more uh, akin to being social friendly. So I can say, you know, not only is this is my great product and solution, but also I can say, hey, startup or tech community in a tweet, here's what I just did in Azure in 10 minutes mm -hmm. versus, you know, whatever else I was thinking yeah. about doing. And because it's in the cloud, it's a much, it's, it's taken, um, it's absorbed by folks and, and they're more open to hearing about it than if it was some type of monolithic solution in the past. 
Let's steer back just a little bit to what's happening uh, right here in the heart of, of Atlanta. I tend to divide my, the groups that I'm visiting up to students and startups and enterprise and indie developers. What do you see in those four spaces in Atlanta? Are, are there some that are heavier than others? They're, well, it's, um, it's a pretty good blend. Okay. Um, so the, the game space has you know, always been pretty big in Atlanta. Uh, student, well, where we're at right now is you know, in the heart. We've got uh, two colleges here. Uh, we've got Morehouse and Spelman just down the road. So the uh, hackathon at the end of this month at GSU, which is gonna be huge, we just finished Hack Atlanta, not what, a few months ago, and then we had GT Hacks as well. The hackathons for students are just growing and growing and growing, so I have to say there's a lot of focus on that. Mm -hmm. The startup community in Atlanta, we have incubator after incubator spinning up here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're sponsors over at Atlanta Tech Village, uh, which is one of the uh, star places to go as a startup in Atlanta. Um, uh, OHUB and some of the others that are out, uh, they're just <clears throat> they're everybody's fighting for the startup community to stay in Atlanta. Okay. And the and the mayor actually has initiatives that he's working on that keep the students staying in Atlanta to work on startups or work on enterprises. Wonderful. Versus what we've done in the past where they finish at George Tech or, you know, George State or one of these colleges and then they say, oh, I'm going to New York or I'm going to Chicago. Right. Now they're actually working to stay here yeah and so there's initiatives around that and then also um you know trying to to curve back around from an enterprise perspective we are seeing heavy usage especially in the cloud a lot heavier than i thought uh, from our events perspective we're seeing um, nonprofits, corporation you know, small medium business uh, corporation mid-level corporations and then full-blown enterprises all re-architecting how we do things. Mm -hmm. So um, I couldn't really tell you which one leads yeah. out of those That's pillars. That's kind of good that none do. Yeah, well, and there's also other pillars too, like um, uh, you, you look at, so we did with the gaming, student, startup, enterprise, then you've got state and local government. Which yeah, is, public sector. Which is, yeah, like the initiative the mayor's trying to, believe, to start here is uh, Smart City. Mm -hmm. So Smart City initiatives are going on across most of the big cities in the nation. And we're gonna be working on that here in Atlanta too. And that's things like public safety where lights are turning on when there's people in the area and cameras are mounted and, and capturing um, traffic information and, you know, Here's a box that was left on the sidewalk. What is it? What, that's not normally sitting there. Mm -hmm. You know, so that kind of safety information, and then statistics with big data, being able to do number crunching to say, well, this is how much traffic we're actually seeing go through these intersections. Should we rearchitect the city to work this way? Mm -hmm. And so, um, state and local governments are really big one, um, and then partners are huge too. So we we forget about those sometimes. Um, when it comes to the, the startup and yeah. the student area, but yeah. our partners in Atlanta are huge. Um, you know, from a consulting, from services, we just had a meeting in here in this very room um, a couple weeks ago uh, with one of our partners who was working on a services engagement with a customer um, that needed to understand Azure. And we, well, we talked them through how it works, the uh, visibility of where we are worldwide, where our data centers are, or what we call regions in Azure, and talk them through how storage works and replication. And by the time they left the meeting, they were all in. Yeah, they yeah. they love the feel of what we're doing. Here. Yeah, 
I think a, more, peop, more and more people are realizing, not just learning, but actually realizing that the cloud is the future and, and that good portions, if not all of our solutions are going to be running mm -hmm. uh, on servers that are not ours. Yep. And then also making sure that they work with the tool sets that are going to work with all the clouds. Um, building solutions that are going to work with all of the clouds. Mm -hmm. um, and I did a talk for startups not too long ago where they were talking about, well, we should do everything in Azure because you're Microsoft. And I was like, well, no, I mean, actually you should have, your resources should be sitting in two different cl clouds, either that's on-prem or a public cloud or two public clouds. Yeah. If you're really thinking about it from a, a viability standpoint, because clouds do go down. Yeah. It does happen. And we've already seen, um, you know, the, the security and the hacking community um, they attack private organizations, uh, can, we can't talk about who they are, but we know they've attacked private organizations in the past and taken them down big time. Um, and then they also attack major cloud providers. So I would say that being in a major cloud provider is a lot safer now mm -hmm. than if you were trying to do it yourself. Right. Just because of the coverage that, that your security analysts or your IT people um, can possibly throw at your solution. It's it's difficult to do yourself now, uh, and we have visibility into all the blacklist IPs and traffic that's already you know that looks suspect that we're seeing elsewhere. We can apply and look and see is that working, um, you know, is that something working against you? That's kind of tough to do as a customer individually. Sure. sure. Yeah, you need some of that large scale kind of cross cutting concerns. Mm -hmm. It kind of affects everybody the same way. Yep. Take advantage of that. Well, that's good. It's good to see a lot of momentum coming in down here. I mean, I know I spend most of my time on the West Coast, and there's some momentum over there. I'm not sure if you've heard of Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty popular. Yeah, there's quite a bit of action yeah, down there. Yeah, I've seen that yeah. on movies or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, but but here we are in the in the Southeast, and we've got startups and students and everything, and the, the action here. And hopefully you guys are a part of that down here in Atlanta, if you're watching this, and this is your, your home space and your developer. And, and if that's the case, um, I think you should head on down to uh, the MIC. Should should somebody just pop in during office hours? Yeah, we have office hours on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. You can check our meetup, which is uh, Atlanta Developers and IT Pros. Um, you know, well, we're slowly taking over Hollywood right now Wonderful. in Atlanta, so uh, Silicon Valley's next. Okay, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> so pop in and say hi to Kristen or Ian or Tommy. Yep. Anyone? Anyone. Besides yeah. that? Yeah, just let us know, um, you know, if you want to pop in we, on the meetup, you can just say, hey, I'm coming and, and we'll be here waiting for you. Uh, shoot us an email. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us on Code Chat. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.